MSW Media. Thank you, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for sponsoring this episode. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans50 and use code DailyBeans50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Today, the Department of Justice has received thousands of pages of evidence from Rudy Giuliani associate Bernard Carrick. Alabama Republicans have defied a court order to redraw their districting maps. The Department of Justice has filed its lawsuit against Texas over their floating barrier in the Rio Grande. Senate Democrats are pressuring Mitch McConnell to end Tommy Tuberville's blockade of military promotions. And protests in Israel intensify after a vote on judicial limits. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Tuesday. To you, too. I had a little growl at the end. I'm like, and I'm Dana. (laughs) (laughs) You roll the R in Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah, I got a a little Yiddishy. I was like, and I'm Dana Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are uh, on day two of indictment watch. Federal grand jury meets today. There could be an indictment as soon as today, maybe later in the week, could be early next week. We just don't know. But uh, Donald Trump has been truthing, I guess. Is that what they call it over there on Truth Social? Maybe they're going to call it, they may, it now that Twitter's X, maybe they're going to change Truth Social to Y. Yeah. That's just a good why. question. <laughs> Ew. They'll just call it ew. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to be out tomorrow, but back with us on Thursday. I'll be in New York. Um, I got a last minute invitation to host a book talk. uh, Look at you. For the release of Blowback, Miles Taylor's book. We know I had a a great interview with him last week on The Beans. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. So you can come and see us have this discussion live in New York City. All of that information I've posted on Twitter and threads and post all the links to the Eventbrite and tickets and, and everything. So you'll have all the information. So I'm very honored to, to have been asked to, to help host this event. Uh, I think it's an important book, so it's going to be a good talk. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, the U.S. Department of Justice is suing the state of Texas over its use of floating barriers in the Rio Grande, which Governor Greg Abbott has argued is intended to deter migrants from crossing into the state from Mexico. Of course, they spin. You can't. They, they, they drown. They cause drowning. That's basically uh, what's going on here. The Justice Department is seeking an injunction from the courts to bar Texas from building additional barriers in the river and asking the court to order the state to take the existing barriers down at its own expense. In the lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court in the Western District of Texas, The department alleges that Texas and Abbott violated the Rivers and Harbors Appropriation Act by building a structure in U.S. waters without permission from the United States Army Corps of Engineers. Pretty cut and dry case. The lawsuit further alleges that the floating barriers constitute an unauthorized obstruction to the navigable capacity of waters in the United States. Quote, we allege that Texas has flouted federal law by installing a barrier in the Rio Grande without obtaining the required federal authorization. That is Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta in a statement, quote, this floating barrier poses threats to navigation and public safety and presents humanitarian concerns. 
Additionally, the presence of the floating barrier has prompted diplomatic protests by Mexico and risks damaging U.S. foreign policy. The lawsuit comes after Abbott said earlier Monday that he would not be ordered to f- take the floating barriers down. He w- I will not remove them. And that was in defiance of a Justice Department request. Remember, they wrote a letter first saying, take your shit down or we'll see you, bro. And he's like, nah, fuck you. And they're like, all right, fuck you back. Uh, I just summed that up. That's paraphrasing. Quote, Texas will fully utilize its constitutional authority. It doesn't have any to deal with the crisis you have caused. <laughs> Abbott wrote a letter uh, to President Joe Biden following last week's DOJ request to take the barriers down. He added, Texas will see you in court, Mr. President. All right. Uh, there are also separate entities, you jackass. Go ahead. Yeah. And also, I really don't think Biden's going to be testifying. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> the Justice Department's legal action over the floating barriers is based on a clause in federal law that prohibits the creation of any obstruction to the navigable capacity of waters in the United States and further prohibits building any structure in such waters without authorization from the United States Army Corps of Engineers, period. That's it. Open and shut. The showdown between Abbott and the federal government comes as Texas's treatment of migrants who attempt to cross into the U.S. faces increased scrutiny. Biden administration officials have grown increasingly concerned in recent months about Abbott's measures which have disrupted U.S. Border Patrol operations in the region and put migrants at risk. A Homeland Security official told CNN last week Abbott's moves are making our job harder while disturbing images of migrants with injuries and troubling reports of Texas troops pushing migrants back to Mexico or into the Rio Grande have drawn criticism from the White House and scores of Democratic lawmakers. The Justice Department told Texas on Thursday it intended to file legal action against the barriers in the Rio Grande as part of the state's operation along the Texas-Mexico border. The Justice Department gave Texas until Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern to commit to the removal of the floating border barriers, or we'll sue you. And that's according to the letter sent to, to Greg Abbott. The Republican governor pushed back on those demands. I have asserted Texas's sovereign interest in protecting her borders. I have done so in my role as the commander in chief of our state's militia under Article 4, Section 7 of the Texas Constitution, unquote. Oh, boy, that's a stretch. Hey, yeah. Okay. There's also a- the only her that's being protected in Texas, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all the other hers, but this her. We're That's right. It. The border. Can I get a flotilla barrier around my uterus to keep <laughs> Greg Abbott out? Is that, is that there possible? you go? Put some concertina Maybe wire. Some barbed wire. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the Texas Constitution does not usurp the United States Constitution. Later Monday, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre repeatedly slammed Abbott for what she calls dangerous and unlawful actions, saying, quote, we actually saw the president's plan working. And what you see the governor doing is dangerous and unlawful. That's what she told reporters. It's actually hurting the process. It's hurting the process of what we're trying to do. Later, Jean-Pierre said bluntly, he's literally operating in bad faith. Governor Abbott is not moving forward in good faith. He's just not. The one person that is sowing chaos is Governor Abbott. That's where he continues to do political stunts in an inhumane way. Texas is already facing a lawsuit against its installation of a marine floating barrier. The owner of a Texas canoe and kayaking company filed the lawsuit earlier this month on the same day Texas started deploying buoys for the barrier. That suit lists the state of Texas and Abbott, as well as the Texas Department of Public Safety and Texas National Guard. We talked about that. The dispute is separate from the ongoing assessment, by the way, of the mistreatment of migrants, which the DOJ is still also looking into. Thank you so much, A.G. And you can file this one under infuriating and racist, by the way. 
Mm. Uh, This is from the Washington Post. The Republican-led legislature in Alabama, they approved a new congressional map on Friday that lowers the percentage of black voters in a majority black district and allocates a 40 percent black voting population to another district. A legal challenge to the map is already in the works, with Democrats saying the change is not enough to comply with a federal court order. And that is the big thing here. The new congressional map apportions the state's 7th congressional district to include a 50.65% black population and draws its 2nd district to an area that has a 40% black population. The Alabama Senate voted 24 to 6 to pass the new plan, and the House passed the map 75 to 28. I guarantee you, it's along party lines, I would imagine. Now, Governor Kay Ivey, who is a Republican, approved the map Friday evening, saying in the statement that the legislature, and this is what fucking bugged me, and I quote, knows our state, our people, and our districts better than the federal courts or activist groups, and I am pleased that they answered the call, remained focused, and produced new districts ahead of the court deadline. (laughs) Now, the map must next be approved by a federal court, which is set to hold a hearing in August. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund attorney, Duell Ross, represents plaintiffs in Allen v. Milligan. And that's the case that sparked the redistricting effort, by the way. Ross said Friday that the new map fails to remedy the Voting Rights Act violation identified by the Supreme Court. Our clients will be returning to court to challenge it. Along with that pending legal challenge, a three-judge panel of federal court that ordered the redrawing of the districts could reject the new map, by the way, and draw up its own plan if it decides that legislators do not comply with the order and they're not complying with the fucking order. Mm-hmm. During debate Friday, several Democrats questioned why the legislature was about to approve a map that's likely to be rejected by the three-judge panel. They know this. And this is a quote. Do you like to gamble? That's Philip Ensler. He's a Democrat. That's a rep. He pointedly asked Rep. Chris Pringle, who, of course, is a Republican and the bill's sponsor, claiming legislators had crystal clear instructions from the court. You just ignore us, throw something in our face and just say black folks don't need no vote in the state. That's what you're telling me. That's from minority leader Bobby Singleton. He said ahead of the Senate's vote, went on to say, we don't care about your voice. That's what it ultimately is, that only white men and white women should have a voice in the state. That is sad. And that is from the, that's, I mean, it's, it's exactly what this is saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the adoption of the new map comes after a 19-month legal battle over the representation of black voters in Alabama's congressional map. The state legislature assembled for a special session this week after Supreme Court opinion in June that found legislators drew districts that unlawfully dilute the political power of its black residents in violation of the Voting Rights Act. This is a big deal. Now, while black people make up about 27 percent of Alabama's population, only one of the state's seven districts is currently majority black. Now, the Supreme Court last month upheld the lower court's order that Alabama needed to redraw the congressional map. So it includes two districts in which, and I quote, black voters either comprise a voting age majority or something quite close. The three-judge panel of the federal court, which includes two appointees of Donald, has given the legislature until Friday to come up with a new map. Fix your shit. Former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder the chairman of the nonprofit National Democratic Redistricting Committee, as present day, said in a statement that the new map arrogantly defies the Supreme Court's decision that the map would make George Wallace, a segregationist Alabama governor, very proud. Mm. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, they just blatantly defied a Supreme Court order for their violation of the Voting Rights Act. Next up from Rebecca Beach at the Hill, Bernard Carrick, 
who helped lead a Trump campaign investigation into false claims of voter fraud, has turned over all his documents relating to the effort to special counsel Jack Smith. Carrick, a former New York City police commissioner, led the investigation for the Trump campaign alongside former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani. So aside from Trump paying two research firms to investigate voter fraud, both which came back and said, we found none, he kept those results quiet. He got those results in December of 2020 before the January 2nd phone call to Raffensperger and before January 6th. Aside from that, he sent Bernie Carrick out to investigate voter fraud. And all of those documents have to be turned over, have gone over to Jack Smith. Amazing. Yeah. Tim Parlatore, by the way, is Carrick's attorney. So mm, grain of salt here. But he said the production includes all the substance of the fraud investigation that was sought last year by the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The information comes ahead of Carrick's own sit-down with prosecutors, scheduled for next month at Jack Smith's office, just days after former President Trump announced he had gotten a target letter. That's usually a sign that an indictment is going to happen. Carrick has for months resisted turning over these documents, claiming some of the product is privileged. Parlatore said after Trump's campaign reviewed the documents in recent weeks, they declined to assert privilege. Carrick was also compelled to produce information. I don't think that's what happened, by the way. I think what <laughs> happened is by Tim Parlatore. I think what happened is a court said none of this is fucking privileged. Hand it over. I, I, I think maybe Parlatore wants it to seem like his pardoned ex-felon is, you know, cooperating here and doing the right thing. But I, I personally think there was a court order for him to hand this shit over. Yeah, I don't think he just did that his own free will. Well, we went and asked the Trump campaign and they said they were cool with it. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. You know what? Every single of the thousand different privilege battles that Jack Smith has fought, he has won and he's done so in a handful of days. Why would he just let you go and ask the Trump campaign? I'm not buying it, Parlatore. Carrick was also compelled to produce information Monday in a lawsuit. That's the Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss lawsuit, the two Georgia election workers targeted by Rudy, who made false claims that the two were involved in mishandling ballots. But some of those, there's a subset of those documents that Carrick is still claiming privilege over in the Freeman Moss case. I don't think he's got a choice in the Jack Smith case. So fun. All right. And this is from Liz Brown Kaiser at NBC. A key group of Senate Democrats urged minority, I love saying that, minority leader Mitch McConnell on Monday morning to exercise his authority as head of the Senate GOP and prevail to end who? Senator Tommy Tuberville's reckless hold on military nominations. And this is what the letter said. We write you today to share our deep concern for the stability of our armed services and national security and call on you to exercise your leadership to protect the readiness of our military. That's what the senators wrote in a letter to McConnell. And that's according to a copy that was obtained by NBC News. Tuberville has single-handedly blocked the promotion of hundreds of generals and admirals and threatening our national security over his opposition to a Defense Department policy that pays travel expenses for service members who need to go out of state to obtain an abortion. That's from the letter. So we can really blame all of this on Allison Gill, because that's what the, where this started. This yep. is where it started. I started this whole thing. Yep. And they went on to say, we know you share our concerns about the consequences of this hold on our armed forces. And as a leader of your conference, we urge you to take a stronger action to resolve the situation. And that, again, was to McConnell. The Democratic signatories to the letter... This was led by Senator Hirono of Hawaii, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Jackie Rosen of Nevada, Richard Blumenthal, Connecticut, Tim Kaine, Mark Kelly, Tammy Duckworth, along uh, Senator Angus King of Maine, who happens to be an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. 
And thank God they do, because we've got a couple of Democrats that are caucusing with the fucking Republicans. <laughs> they all serve on the Senate Armed Services Committee, by the way, with Tuberville, who has said he would end his blockade on military nominations, which now affects more than 250 officers, if given a vote on the Pentagon's abortion policy. He's just stonewalling this whole fucking thing. A spokesperson for McConnell did not provide comment when asked about the letter from Senate Democrats, but the minority leader's press secretary, who's Doug Andres, said in a post on Twitter, and I quote, did Democrats forget that they're in the majority and control the floor? Go fuck yourself. Hmm. That, that's not in Twitter. That's what I said. <laughs> Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer last week signaled openness to giving Tuberville a standalone vote affirming the policy, but put the onus on Senate Republicans to find a path forward. And this is what he said. If he wants to have an affirmative vote, we would not object to it. That's from Schumer. He said that Wednesday in a news conference in response to a question by NBC News. Tuberville said he wanted a vote. We'll see what happens. The bottom line is it's up to the Republican leadership. Now, in the past, McConnell has criticized Tuberville's hold on, and I quote, not the best way to go about dictating a policy change. But last week, he told reporters that he would be reluctant to try to disrupt Tuberville's blockade by changing the process for holds in the Senate. God, he's such a fucking weasel. He said, we have holds on both sides. I love these both sides, guys. What typically happens is you work it out. And I think that's where we ought to stay. That's from McConnell, you coward. Several Democrats on the committee see it very differently. They wrote in their letter to McConnell, and I quote, as a leader of the Republican conference, we count on you to hold your colleagues accountable when they recklessly cross the boundaries and upend senatorial order. Senator Tuberville's continuation of this stalemate is reckless, dangerous, and it must end. It falls on you to act now for the safety and security of our nation. McConnell's a coward. He could see, he could stop this tomorrow. He could stop mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And they're just playing chicken now. Schumer's like, why do we have to vote? You're the asshole. And yeah. he's like, well, we're going to continue to be an asshole because there's assholes on both sides, you know. And so, I mean, really, like, I guess just do the vote, you know, P put everybody on the record for what they want the policy to be on abortion. Yeah. And then hold Republicans to it. And then T Tuberville says he'll remove he'll stop blocking things if we vote on it. So, I mean, I guess that looks like a cave, but I mean, people are dying. So can we just get the fuck on with it? Whatever. Have a stop your dick swinging contest over <laughs> uteruses, please. Uh, anyway, but yeah, both sides are not the same. <laughs> that is definitely something that we can take away from this exercise. All right. We have a lot of good news to get to, but we have to take a quick break. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and one of my absolute favorite things is the healthy and seasonal dinners from HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers delicious pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step -step recipes, transforming your kitchen into a gourmet playground. It makes it so I can cook. I was never good at it, and I am now. That's what I love the most, and it saves me a bunch of time and money. Variety, convenience, and flavor all in the same thing. From chef-crafted seasonal recipes to their new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans50 and use code DailyBeans50 for 50% off plus free shipping. I was recently blessed with HelloFresh's lemony shrimp risotto. Uh, the texture is so wonderful. Uh, zesty lemon, succulent shrimp, savory parmesan, all in a creamy risotto. It's just delicious. Topped with roasted zucchini, a symphony of sophisticated flavors. So good. I felt like I could actually cook. I love it. Uh, now, em embrace the joy of cooking yourself this summer. Make your home the ultimate hangout with HelloFresh's market crowd pleasers. Imagine a backyard bratwurst bar or a tangy key lime pie. Mm, I love key lime pie. And right now it's peak season for produce. With HelloFresh, you can enjoy the freshest picks from farm to your door in under seven days. 
Taste the quality and savor the difference. So take a bite out of summer. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DailyBeans50 and use code DailyBeans50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play what the mutt or what the heck wine or send in frog orgy photos or baby pictures or pod pet tax photos, you have to pay your pod pet tax. And if you can't, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area or give a shout out to another small business in your area you want to support or give a shout out to a loved one or yourself. Brag about yourself. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to hear what you're accomplishing. We love that. I love it so much. Uh, send us your small business that, you, that you're doing. I, I, I want to know what you're making and what you're creating. Uh, anything you want to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. It's just adorable. I, lo- I love this whole Barbie fat. I, I, all of it's making me so happy. Uh, hi, Barbie. First up from anonymous pronouns, she and her. Hi, AG and DG. Anxiously awaiting indictment number three for it to drop, and loving that Barbie had the highest opening ever for a female director. Girl power. I'm including a picture of my dog, Churro. Hope you enjoy. Love y'all. The Ken is a brat. Look at this dog. So good. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that submission. And I love that it had the biggest opening weekend for any female director in history as well. I know. Awesome. Awesome. All right. This is from Idaho guy, mostly pronouns he and him was listening to the part of the whistleblower blowback episode toward the end of the interview with Miles Taylor and the conversation about the guardrails of our democracy really made me think. It struck me that those guardrails aren't actually physical objects that someone made way back when that now just passively keep us on the road. It's a lot more like a safety rope that we're all holding on onto as we cross a glacier. It only works for any of us if enough of us hold on to it. It's all just a bunch of words, after all, that enough people agreed on and decided were important enough to write down and stand on, and then fight or die for. We can either continue to hold them sacred and act on them, or let the icy winds of apathy, fear, and ignorance sweep them away like foggy breaths, leaving each of us standing alone in the frozen wasteland that used to be our democracy. Wow. I know. That was an amazing sentence, Idaho guy. I applaud Taylor for not only choosing to keep a hold of that skinny, frosty rope, but then reaching out to offer a handhold to the rest of us. Pet tax, this has to be the Forrest Gump of dogs. He's not the brightest pup, just that lovable and lucky. (laughs) He's a rescue who lived through more trauma than any one of us should bear and is super sweet and gentle, although often very loud and obnoxious and super good at escaping to go say hi to what seems like the entire county. Now, the only ideas we have about his breed come from our own internet searches, so I'm really curious to see what you think. The boy almost hit a truck on a Cow Creek Road. If you're missing him, he is safe and sound at the Second Chance Shelter. No rude comments allowed. He was almost hit by a truck on Cow Creek. Oh, look at this baby. He definitely hound dog, maybe some Vishla. Yeah, maybe a little Ridgeback. A little Basset or something. Catahoula. Yeah. Our best guess is a plat hound. All right. I mean, that was my best guess too. What's a plat hound? I've never heard of a plat hound, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's obviously a plat hound. hound. Like an Oliver plat hound? (laughs) There you go. A Ben plat hound? (laughs) Salad shooter. Okay. Thank you for that. Yep. He said he ended with thanks for everything you do. What a really great submission. 
It was really good. Fear and ignorance swept them away like foggy breaths, leaving each of us standing alone in the frozen wasteland that used to be our democracy. Very good analogy. Thank you for that so much. Marjorie from New York City, pronoun she and her. Hi there, double G's. Oh, that's new. I like it. How did she know? Double G's. (laughs) Love all of your podcast and your take on and interpretation and clarification of what's happening in our world. I'm sharing here a pic of my daughter's kitties. They are only two of several she's rescued over the past years and given a loving home to. The big guy is lucky, and Nancy traveled to Tennessee to retrieve her. He looks like a tiny lion. The little guy is the latest addition, Duffy. When Nancy got a call from her vet that someone brought in what happened to appear to be a practical newborn kitten on the, from the side of the road, she was the first person they thought of who would be willing to give him a home. How could anyone resist that face? Not Nancy for sure. Thinking at first she would take him home for a while, nurse him to good health, make sure he got his shots, and then work on find a permanent adoptive home for him. So much for that. She totally fell in love with him and apparently vice versa. He's so happy in his new home and loves to play with his big brothers, not pictured here. And he is literally thriving under her loving care. I could not be more proud of her or more enchanted by the furry little guy. Oh, look at that sweet kitten. Oh. I know. Okay, and it it looks like the the lion guy. It looks like Lucky. Yeah. Lucky what a beautiful. I mean, listen, you know that I'm more of a dog than a cat person, but this podcaster has screwed me up. This is just a gorgeous <laughs> cat. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. This is from Tucker, pronouns he and him. I have a confession that until tonight, I didn't realize that I wasn't doing all I should to help get people to vote blue. My 93-year-old mother is supportive of all progressive causes, even if she doesn't understand all of them. She can't grasp the idea of why someone would be happy to dress in drag, for example, but she doesn't see how it could possibly harm anyone. We were talking on the phone about the upcoming election in her state. She lives in Ohio. I live in Tennessee. And while I do keep an eye out on Ohioan politics, I certainly can't be attuned to them as closely as someone who lives there. Mom asked about the argument in favor of Amendment 1, and now this is the GOP-controlled legislature's attempt to make it harder for residents to amend the state constitution. You know, fascism shit. While there was no way in hell that she would vote in favor of that amendment, she was trying to understand the logic they were using so that she could at least have the correct answer to mutter under her breath when one of her friends started talking nonsense. And while I was able to help her understand the logic of it all, I realized that I needed to find a better way to help Mom understand these things. That's when I remember that I have a friend from high school still living in Ohio who shares enough of the same views as my mom. My friend's more liberal than my mom, so they might have to work a little bit to come to an understanding the way responsible folks sometimes do. Naturally, I'm kicking myself for not thinking about this sooner, so I'm working to get them connected. This way, I can be certain that my mother is walking into the voting booth as best armed as possible. And however she votes, her goal is to make life better for everyone and not just certain few. And who can argue with that? What a great idea. If you can't bring them to the polls, find someone who lives nearby. Totally. Nice. I mean, that's a great submission, Tucker. I think it's good for people to remember this. That is. That is that's really sweet, too. She's like, I'm not going to vote for that shit, but tell me why. I need to know why. I love, <laughs> I love that. Because I want to be able to tell other people why I'm not voting for that shit. Right. Like they're trying to make it harder for you to amend your own constitution. Um, that's really, really a good idea. OK, so everybody got that. Don't just bring someone with you. If you're out of state, you got family members, adopt them out to one of your friends. <laughs> I love that. Explain this shit to them. I'm going to do and a to- voter adoption. Get the big, yeah, take them to the polls too. 
Uh, next up from Camille in Dallas, pronoun she and her. Hi, AG and DG. Thanks so much for giving all of the Leguminati the best pod to start the day with every day. Dana is a fellow paisana from the 505, not, uh, where I will be this weekend for Spanish Market in Santa Fe. And I love y'all. Clean up on aisle 45 and Jack. Nice. Have fun. I'd like to give a shout out to all the fine people at the federal public defender's offices throughout the country and the Criminal Justice Act panel lawyers. Together, these groups represent about 90% of all defendants in federal criminal cases. These amazing lawyers, investigators, paralegals, and support staff don't seek riches or fame, though many of them could attain them in private in the private sector because they're brilliant. They work to ensure that there is not uh, one system of justice for the rich and another for the poor or marginalized. They're crucial for maintaining the rule of law and due process for all of us, and they work their asses off every day. Congress, however, has found fit to effectively decrease funding for all of the FPD offices and CGA panel lawyers, private lawyers, by the way, who take court-appointed cases, by up to $150 million in fiscal year 2024 alone, which will be disastrous. FPD offices will have to cut staff by 10 to 20 percent. CJA lawyers may be slow paid or not paid by the courts. I urge the Leguminati to call their Congress folk and tell them how important it is to ensure due process for everyone. Yes, even January 6 motherfuckers and fully fund them. For pod pet tax, I give you Leonard and Buster, our sweet boys who know full well this is not the place of us mere mortals to tell them not to lay around on the kitchen table. Thanks for all that you do. Look at these guys. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it looks like it's like a marble table, though, which might be nice and cool. And that might be why they like to lay on that. On the belly belly. Yeah. All right. This is from Tony Pronouncian him. On a very personal note, I believe I've told you of my amazing transgender daughter, Gaia. I hope I'm saying Gaia's name right, Tony. Uh, she also took a new last name as she transitioned. I am a boat builder and a cabinet maker, and I treasure the many hours Gaia spent in the shop with me as she grew up. When she chose the name Carpenter for a surname, I was absolutely blown away. I still choke up thinking about it two years later. She has spent the last three years building a tiny house in an old school bus and is doing remote computer programming in a campground by a lovely lake. Gaia has been getting the gender marker on her documents corrected and the birth certificate is the last. The Ohio State Supreme Court has mandated that all probate judges comply and even made a standard form. Stark County probate judge Dixie Park refused to comply and Gaia has joined the ongoing legal battle. P.S. All Ohioans vote no on issue one. Defend one person, one vote. Mm. There's still judges doing this shit, you know? I know. This is amazing, though. I love it. I love it, Tony. I love how you're such a proud papa. It makes me so happy. What a wonderful submission. How much it must have like just touched your heart when she took uh, the last name Carpenter. Oh, how amazing is that? I also would really love to see this little tiny house, by the way, in an old school bus. If, if, you, if, if she feels comfortable sending a photo, I would love to see what she's building. Oh, me too. A hundred percent. How amazing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that submission with us. What a great way to end the good news block. Yes, 100%. And if you have any good news you want to send in to us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I, I love the good news so much. I love the Leguminati so much. And again, I want to thank everybody who came out to Grand Rapids and Chicago for the meet and greets. Um, and uh, I just, I can't, I, I, I'm so proud of everybody. You know what I mean? I just you built I, an amazing community. We've got great followers. We've got great listeners. We've got great family. The act, the activeness, just, it's just truly uh, astounding to me. And I am forever grateful and will never take it for granted. So thank you very much. Send your good news into us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. 
Dana, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Not today. I will. I'll, I'll take a day off and spend some time. Um, I get to be auntie. I get to be auntie, um, oh. which makes me super happy. And uh, I'll be back with you all on Thursday. Awesome. I appreciate that. I'll miss you tomorrow. Until then, though, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you or get them adopted out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.